what's up everybody it's your girl Rita Love and it's been a minute I haven't put out a, a podcast for a while so um, I'm actually in my car headed to my little weekend gig that I do um, but I like I realized that I like doing my podcast um, in the car when I don't have anyone bothering me you know, because I live in a house full of freaking people. And when I'm not at home, I'm busy doing a bunch of other stuff. So this is like the only time that I really have to myself. And I get to spend some time with y'all. All three of you that actually listen to my podcast. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> it's Sunday. It is 2.35 p.m. It's the um, third today's the 4th today's the 4th of November 2018 Tuesday this coming Tuesday is election day and it's midterm elections and I'm gonna tell you what normally midterm elections are freaking boring nobody really pays a whole lot of mind to midterm elections usually the big turnouts come out during presidential elections and um, this this midterm election is crucial we've got so many uh, people running for to be your next uh, representative, and we also have people running for uh, Senate. You know, we also have a quite a few Senate races. Um, and here in Utah, we've got all four, all four of our uh, representative seats are uh, are up for grabs. And so I live in uh, Congressional District Three, and. My the, the candidates running in my district are um, Curtis, gosh, you know John Curtis and uh, James Singer, and John Curtis is the Republican candidate and James Singer is the um, Democratic candidate, and he is um, part Navajo, uh, part white, and really intelligent guy. The guy's a professor up at the U, I think, and he's a professor in sociology. Um, but he's also, more importantly, I think that which is cool is that. Um, he's Native American and um, we've also got Mia Love and Ben McAdams polls say that Ben McAdams is leading by I think six points four or six points and then we've got Rob Bishop who's running against uh, Lee Castillo who's the Democratic nominee and then um, we have an independent uh, candidate by the name of uh, crap which is again I'm driving so I can't look up these names but this is your opportunity to make a change, man. I'm telling you, one of the things that's very disappointing for me with the Pacific Islander people is that we don't, we really are not as civically engaged as I wish we could be, right? We are one of the smallest, out of all the the colors of uh, communities of color, we have probably the lowest voter turnout and we're not as civically engaged. And so I have to, I have to believe and a lot of that has to do with, um, I don't know, you know, that whole guest mentality, right? Like when my parents, you know, immigrated to this country back in 1969, um, you know, they their, their goal was to just come to the U.S., <coughs> excuse me, come to the U.S., you know, get a job, you know, so just get, and hopefully their kids will have a better opportunities to make it in this in this country <clears throat> so my mom moved here 
my mom and dad moved here in 69. I was, she was pregnant with me. I was born in 1970 and instantly became uh, a citizen of the United States of America. So I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but um, President Trump uh, started touting that he wanted to end um, the 14th Amendment, which basically protects the rights, uh, you know, provides citizen birthright to people who are born in the States. If you're born, if your parents are immigrants, and they come to the United States and they give birth to their child here in the United States, their child instantly becomes a citizen of the United States. I'm gonna tell you right now, every single person in this damn country has an immigrant story tied to their history, their genealogy, because unless you're Native American, unless you're indigenous to this land, you are either an immigrant or the product of an immigrant and you have an immigrant story tied to your family name. So for me, there's just, you know, I mean, there's no way in hell this dude's gonna be able to end. You can't, you cannot amend the Constitution with just the mere stroke of an executive order. You can't do that. It's gonna take, when you talk about amending the Constitution, you're talking about, this is a huge move. You're talking about an act of Congress, right? So this guy, first of all, he's a dumbass. You know, he doesn't know shit about running a country. So he doesn't know shit about, you know, the Constitution. He doesn't know crap about the law. Why? Because he's a cheater. He has spent his whole entire life dodging the law, looking for loopholes, breaking the law, you know, cheating his fellow men. So this guy thinks he he seriously, which is just hilarious to me, he really believes that he's going to be able to end the 14th Amendment with just an executive order. This bitch got another thing coming for him. But that's not even what I'm concerned with. The, the, what I'm concerned with is the fact that he would he would announce this, you know, right at, um, right before the uh, midterm elections to rally up his racist base, right? That's the whole purpose of this little uh, political stunt is that, you know, it's just to rally up his little base. Now, mind you, the most scariest, the, the most scariest group of people in this country are angry white males. Last, I don't know how long now, most of the terrorist acts committed on our soil has been committed by white males. Angry, crazy, right-wing, nutcase, white males. These are the people that have been committing these heinous acts, going in and shooting up, schools, movies, you know, concerts, clubs, fuck name it. You'll see, you'll, I mean, all white folks. And then the small, and then like 26% of those, of the, you know, the terrorist acts on this country is done by uh, uh, non-white terrorists. And then from the liberal side, a small percentage, three to 6%. They're angry because truth is, this country is about to be dominated by people, communities of color. We will, in a short, in just, around, just around the corner, we will become the majority. And they don't like that. If you remember the whole, um, uh, what, Charlotte, the whole Charlotte march, they kept, mar- they kept, you know, mar- the white guys in their little tiki torches were marching and they were yelling, chanting, you will not erase us. Well, if you look at, I mean, 31% of this country is made up of white males. 
they're scared and so they are acting out they are lashing out against people of color and they've got a man now in the white house that tells them that it's okay and the sad thing is this man is so corrupt and he's such a i think i swear to you i think i think he's going through some kind of i think he's like got an early onset of dementia because he swears that it is not his fault and yet he is the leader of the free you know he is the leader of this country and his rhetoric has been nothing but divisive, has been nothing short of supportive of acts of violence from, you know, uh, his base. I mean, think about it. Remember when he was out rallying during the time he was campaigning for presidency, when they were punched, some guy was, a, some anti-Trump guy was in the audience, and he told him, you know what, don't punch him, don't be violent. You know what, but if you do punch him, I'll protect you. I'll pay for your legal costs. What the hell kind of leader is that? And his rhetoric today has been nothing short of violent, divisive. He continually, um, continually accuses the media, not just the media, but people from, you know, who, who don't align, whose ideals don't align with him, enemy of the people. When you say that certain people or certain groups or certain organizations are enemy of the people, that is a dog whistle for the crazy people to come out and say, I, you know, to justify committing terrorist acts because they think that they're doing it on behalf of their country anyways we've got a lot of really great races that are going on throughout the country we have some great races here but i man if my utah people hear this there's i have i'm friends with almost all of the democratic candidates i know them i've been part of the democratic party for a long time but the last how many years i've been you know i've done a lot of work for the democratic party here in utah None of them inspire me the way like some of these other outside candidates are have inspired me. For instance, we have Stacey Abrams, and Stacey Abrams is running to be the the first black governor um, of Georgia. We also have Andrew Gillum, who's running to be the governor of uh, he's a black man running to be the first you know the uh, governor for Florida. We have uh, Beth O'Rourke, who's running to take against Ted Cruz to be the next senator for the state of Texas. And then we have, of course, uh, Alexandria um, Ocasio-Cortez, who, uh, by a landslide, really shocked the Democratic establishment and won the, nom- the Democratic nomination for Congress in New York. And these are all, these are people to name a few, but especially these people who have inspired me like no other and this is the kind of these this is the type of leadership we need people who aren't afraid to speak up and use their voice and use their station and use their status to fight against people who would otherwise try to suppress the votes of our communities communities of color you know women children you know, uh, you know millennials and uh, older people and it's, but especially people coming from communities of color for instance the race that uh that stacy abrams is in she is running against um State Secretary uh, Kemp, I think it's Brian Kemp. I don't know if I forgot his first name, but it's Kemp. And Kemp has—they took him to. She is she is a lawyer by trade. She was also the House Minority Leader. This woman is a she is a that woman is smart as fuck. And she she took uh, she took Kemp to court. And they, because he had, he had um, deleted or, 
yeah, I, he deleted I think 34,000 registration forms. Not deleted, but made them so that they were no longer, in, invalidated them pretty much. You know, because he was using some kind of a system that's still in question called the exact true, exact uh, match system. And he was putting people, he was charging people criminally. For instance, there was one lady in Georgia who was helping her grandmother fill out her ballot and she, uh, Kemp, got her in trouble, uh, you know, and I think was, she's in court now and she's probably, they're going to try to get her to go to jail. They're going to try to charge her and send her to, to jail or to prison to serve time for to serve, for helping her grandmother fill out her, uh, her ballot which I think is a bunch of bullshit. This guy is literally going out of his way to suppress the rights of voters uh, and especially people of color. And Stacey Abrams took this dude to court and and they won. They literally won that case, which I'm so... We need leaders like this. Leader, I mean, not only does she... Not only does she have the, the, the credentials to back up, you know... The work that she does but she also goes out into the community she is doing like massive grassroots efforts and i keep telling people over and over again when you run for office the most solid way of getting people to vote for you is to show up at their doorstep and it is one of the hard campaigning is not it's it's hard ass work trust me i have i have had my own camp i've run for office twice I've, I've been a part of so many campaigns. It is not easy fucking work. It is hard as fuck, but it is so worth it when you get that win. But it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. You have to go to each and every single door and knock on those doors and talk to those people. And you need to be on everyone's level, you know? You cannot come across as somebody who's condescending or too good to talk to the people. Uh-uh, people aren't stupid. We know. We may not be as up, you know, we may not be on top of the, uh, the issues like we should be, but we know how people make us feel. And if you if you don't show up to our doors and you and you act like we're not good enough for your t- for you to come and knock on the door and talk to us about the issues and why we should vote for you, we recognize those things. People recognize those things. So that's the, I love that about Andrew Gillum. I love that about Stacey Abrams. I love that about, especially I love that about Andrew, of course, um, you know, Alexandria's because, and Beto, damn, these, these people have been hitting the pavement hard. They've been knocking on doors. They've been introducing themselves to their constituents and they've been out really working their ass off. This is not easy work, people. I'm telling you, if you want, I, I'm always you know, pushing people to run for office, but I also want people to understand when you run for office, it is not easy work because, you know, two things that the candidates are responsible for is getting votes and collecting money, raising money. And it's, and it's not easy work and you've got to get in front of people and you got to be able to have, you got to have some tough skin, but you know, I would love to see more people of color running for office. Anyhow, um, this Tuesday, if you register too late to get a mail-in ballot, but you did register, you should be able to go, to go into a polling place and vote, vote for you, you know, vote uh, and vote. And I'm, I am praying that you guys get out there and vote because right now I cannot believe everybody knows I can't stand Trump. You know what I mean? I try to be real. I just can't. And I see people in my own community 
who is voting for a guy who just literally came out and said, I'm going to end the 14th Amendment with the, an executive order. I can't even tell you how many people, if this was if this was a scenario that truly could happen with just the stroke of his pen, do you know how many people in our Pacific Islander community would be affected by this? I would be one of those people because my, my mom gave birth to me here in the States before she became a, a citizen. My mom gave birth to me in 1970. Her and my dad did not get their citizenship till 96, 1996. That's a long ass time. So, and I know, I know for a damn fact, there are a ton of people who would be affected by that shit. And so the fact that we still have people who are in my community who still vote for this asshole, who still vote for people who still vote against their best interests, it drives me absolutely crazy. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate all Republicans. I have very good friends who are Republicans. But they know how I feel because if you're a part of a party that supports this type of rhetoric and this type of, of divisiveness and this type of, you know, shenanigans where people are, you know, from your own party are trying to suppress voter rights and you're okay with that, we don't have issues, okay? So I don't hate all Republicans, but I do hate the fact that some of my friends who are Republicans support the party that does, pulls this type of bullshit. People, oh, you know, I do, I have registered so many damn people in my, so many damn people, I've registered so many damn people to vote. And one of the questions that I get a lot of is, well, my ma- my vote doesn't matter. I'm gonna tell you right now, if your vote didn't matter, these bastards would not be going out of their way to do everything in their power to suppress your votes. Trust me, if your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't be going through all this shit, trying to take you to, to court, trying to, you know, invalidate your registration form, trying to come up with laws to say that, you know, these use it or lose it laws. That's bullshit. If they, if your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't be pulling all these stunts. Now, I understand that somehow it doesn't feel like that during a presidential race, but in every single other freaking race, every single one, your vote freaking matters, okay? Your vote really matters. And even in the presidential race, even though it's the electoral college that actually puts the president in, the, in those, but the popular vote puts the pressure on the electro- the people who are part of the electoral, electoral college to vote the way the people want them to vote. But it didn't work that way with, with, with Hillary Clinton. That was a, you know what? That was such a poor excuse. Let's just scratch that. But if it was an overwhelming vote, because that was a close one. If that was an overwhelming support for Hillary Clinton, I really believe that the electoral college would have voted her way. But you know what? I, that's just, that's just my own opinion. I could be totally wrong. But in every other single rate, Senate representative, governor, you know, state house, state representative, state senate, um, you know, city council, county council, um, every other freaking race, your voice matters. So please, this Tuesday, I am begging you, you need to get out to the polls. Go out there. Don't be ma. Don't be afraid. Don't be, you know, fahela. This is a big ass deal. And don't act like this shit ain't going to have consequences on your life. It may not have consequences on your direct consequences on your life right now, but it will on your children, on your grandchildren, on your nieces, your nephews, maybe your parents is elderly. You're talking about Medicare is at risk of being, you know, they're trying to privatize Social Security and they're trying to take a cut Medicare, which is a bunch of bullshit because they just put past a one point 
two billion dollar tax cut, which goes directly to the rich people and big corporations, who don't even fucking need it. I mean, that money could have been used to, to, you know, pay off every single person who had student debt. That money could have been used to help cover, put more people on Medicare who need it. That that could have been used for so many other social programs to help benefit and up, you know, lift up our communities. But it wasn't, and that's because people like you don't get out and vote like they should. So I am asking you this Tuesday, get out and vote. I've had so many people hit me up and ask me to help them with their with their ballots. You know, ask me about propositions, state, you know, constitutional amendments. Ask me about the judges. Ask me about candidates that are running in their districts. And I always try to be fair. I always give them both sides of how I feel. You know, I tell them why I voted, but I also say these are why people voting are voting for them this way. Um, you know, and I always help them fill out their ballots. I don't. I just give them my thoughts, but I don't tell them how to vote. And then, you know, they they go about their. You know, once they have to get their help and they fill out their ballot. You know, and then they thank me and they go on with their merry, happy selves. But I'm asking you right now, please, 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 please go and vote this Tuesday. If you didn't get your if you didn't get registered in time to get a mail in ballot, walk into a polling station. There's so there are so many and you can go in give them your name, give them your ID and just vote. Um but I'm hoping that you guys uh, vote. Don't vote against your best interest. We've been doing that for far too long. You know, I went to, uh, I don't know where the hell I was at. And they had, it was a Tongan, some Tongan house or something. And they had like Mitt Romney signs all over the damn place. And I was like, oh, I don't hate Mitt. You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff he did when he was governor for Massachusetts was pretty cool. Like he really, he, you know, as far as like his healthcare policies, like he made sure that, his Massachusetts folks were covered, you know, were all covered and had healthcare coverage. That was cute. That was cool for me. I, I like Mitt, but he's not the guy for people of color. But yet we, we have people in our community who are voting for this guy. You know, Jenny Wilson is running to be, is running against him. Now, we already know Mitt's going to run. Like, overwhelming, he's got overwhelming support from Utah. He is like, a, he's like a Utah boy without having to be born here. Like, you can't get any more Utah than him. He's white male Republican and he's LDS. You can't get any more Utah than that. But, you know, as much as I love, you know, I think he's a cool dude. I don't hate the guy, but I don't really, I'm not a hundred percent with all his policies. I am, I am more in line with Jenny Wilson than I am with him. And I think really for the issues that people of color face, especially our communities, our, we're, our values really align more with, with Jenny Wilson. But you know, where we don't, we don't do our homework, you know, when it comes to fighting most of the people here in Utah, and the reason why we vote against, um, uh, Democrats is because two things, gay marriage and abortion. We, and then we don't think about anything else. We don't think about, you know, the, the desire for, you know, uh, access to affordable health care. We don't talk about, you know, access to either tuition free colleges or, you know, affordable higher learning. We don't talk about jobs. We don't talk of, you know, we don't talk about social programs. Education is a huge one. We don't talk about, you know, these are the things like we don't even, we, we stop at 
gay marriage. We talk. We stop at, at, at gay rights and abortion. Right there is a is a hard stop for our people, and it's not even. Let me just get this straight to you guys. Democrats are not pro-abortion. Okay, we're pro-choice. Like then that means we don't want to be in charge of. We don't want to have to tell women how to treat their body. That's you know that is your decision. You know we don't want to make that. Nobody says, oh my gosh, we are so pro-abortion. No, we're not pro-abortion. We're just pro-choice. That just means that we don't want to tell women how they should, you know, what to do with their bodies. That should be, think about it. Let me ask you this question. Do you know of any laws, any freaking laws out there that it currently exists that tell men what to do with their bodies? Nope, there's none. But it's all about women. So... If you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one thing, the first thing I learned was free agency. If if, if you want to be technical with it, the LDS Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is pro-choice. Now, as far as this, the you know accountability, that's something that people have that you're going to have to deal with that, right? If you made the wrong decision, that's going to have to be something that you have to come, you have to come to terms with with God. That's and really that is your relationship with God is nobody's business but yours and God. So all I'm saying is please look past those two things and stop getting it all misconstrued. It's not we're not pro we're not pro abortion. We're not. We're pro choice. I don't want to have to tell people women what they should do with their body. I there's no way in hell I would want you to come and tell me what to do with my body and try to tell me how to do what I should do. Let me make that decision. And if I'm wrong in my decisions, let me face those consequences with when I meet my maker. That's none of your business. Okay. And as far as gay rights, how is somebody being with, you know, how, how is somebody's relationship going to affect yours? It shouldn't. But those should not be the two things that give you a hard stop. You really need to think about issues that are truly, truly, truly important that really affect your lives. Like education, access to health care, you know, access to having a tuition free, higher learning college, have, you know, making sure that you have an education, you know, a public uh, education system that works for your children, making sure that when you leave this earth, that your children have uh, access to what it takes to be, to live their best lives, that they have all the necessary tools to be able to pursue, you know, life, liberty and the you know, and happiness. I mean, we need to be able, this is what we do. We have enough money in this country to be able to take care of so many of these social programs and so many of these issues, but yet we choose to give tax breaks, breaks to the top 1% wealthiest Americans. And then we start, and we still continue to dump money into the military who just recently got a $700 billion budget and additional, additional budget. And they didn't even freaking ask for it. That's money that we could have used to pay off student loans. We are experiencing housing crisis and we can't even, we don't know how to handle that because we have kids that are coming out of college and graduating with, you know, degrees and they have, a, you know, a mountain of student debts and they're coming out into these wildly expensive homes and getting into jobs that, you know, we keep talking about, oh yeah, we have these zero, we're doing really well as far as jobs go. But if you're looking at income, the income is still stagnant. You have companies that will hire people who work less than the, than the mandatory 36 hours in order for them to get benefits. They will have them work less than 36 hours so that they don't have to, you know, dish out benefits, which leads me into another discussion. Like why 
it, it has never made sense to me that companies that, you know, places of employment should be in charge of health care. Their, sh- their job should just be to provide jobs and, and pay. The government should, I really believe health care is a human right. And the mon- all the money, our whole entire lifetime, all the money that we spend, that we give in, in forms of taxes, that money should be used to invest back in its people. That is the crux of this whole thing. Tax dollars should be spent on investments towards its people, not to line the pockets of the rich, not to line the pockets of the powerful, but to lift an entire society, an entire community, uh, so that we're all given a fair chance and the same place at the starting line. Anyways, that's it. Please, on Tuesday, go vote. If you didn't, if you didn't register in time to get your mail-in ballot, grab your friends, grab your family members, get in the car, go out to any of the polling stations, and then there's tons, and just vote. And if you have any issues or if you have any questions about any of the candidates or the judges or the constitutional amendments or any of the propositions one through four, call me. Hit me up, Margarita Satini, on on Facebook, and I will be more than happy to help you. Anyways, that's it. I'm here at work. I just pulled up. But I hope you guys have a good rest of the day. And don't forget that the decisions you make today have far-reaching consequences today, the next day, and for a long time to come. So do right, be good, make great choices, and vote in your best interest. All right. Talk to you later. Holla!